do our little golf clap again. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. Go ahead. Three, Three two, one. one. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're back. Yes. Yes. Hey, welcome everybody. This is the Let's Talk Tiger podcast, part of the Cork Bats podcast network. We're in part two now. This is the the series finale, if you will. Yeah. Of our limited series podcast presented by Cork Bats. Uh, my name is Kenny. I'm one of the hosts of Cork uh, Bats movie, TV, entertainment podcast, The Cineboys. Uh, I again am joined by our great father. <laughs> Uh, thank you, son. Uh, <laughs> good to join you today. <laughs> uh, Mr. Austin Huff, co-host of also the Drunk Drawer podcast, mm-hmm. um, our rival podcast, but not really. More like family rivalry. Yeah, oh yeah. It's definitely like a uh, brother-sister, uh, like sibling rivalry that I would say. Because like it's like at the end of the day, we're all family. But yeah, we'll, we'll poke and rib at each other and stuff right. until mom and dad tell us to settle down, so... Right. It was a it was a, a harrowing weekend for me getting those messages from you guys before the Chiefs game. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, if you follow Cork Bats on Instagram or Cineboys on Instagram, uh we uh we had a little bit of back and forth. We've got a little we've got a little budding rivalry, which I which I'm actually kind of glad that the Chiefs advanced because now we get another week of kind of uh you know, poking at the bear a little bit. So. Right. This might be the longest sports week of my life because I'm constantly refreshing Twitter to see if there's any updates on Patrick Mahomes' injury oh. or his concussion, which from what we understand may not be a concussion, but yeah. we can't confirm it. It's just stuff I'm seeing on Twitter. I, I, don't, I, I don't I think there's I think there's a hundred percent chance he plays on Sunday. Me I, too. Even even if he was concussed, which I don't think he was, I think it was more of like a chokehold thing. Right. Like, Jake Glazer said, um, uh, yeah, I, he's, he's playing. It's, it's right. not like you would have to, you would literally have to murder him from keep him from playing. And even then I still think he would play. If anyone can come back from a murder, oh, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, right. Yeah. Murder could have like a 30 point lead on him and he would still <laughs> win. Uh, the, the chiefs are going to go weekend at Bernie's on with Patrick Mahomes this weekend. If he's dead, like right. that's, they'll just, and he'll prop him up on shoulders and and they'll go right and he'll so. still do great that's yeah that's he's still throw for, yeah 350 yards two touchdowns that's just another day at the office right i made an unfortunate joke which i've made in the past and i think it's the reason why we ran into some trouble but i i looked over at my girlfriend and i said that, that god does not want the cleveland browns to win this game <laughs> God does not want the Cleveland Browns to have any success ever. Right. As soon as I said that, though, pretty much the next play was when Patrick goes down and I made a promise to myself and to God that I will never make that joke again. Right. That's uh, yeah, that's what's what's the old saying? Uh, uh, You don't think God has a sense of humor. Make plans. (laughs) You were making plans for the AFC championship and uh, and God was like, pump the brakes there kenny <laughs> right right so i learned my lesson um and yeah we get it at least another week and hopefully pat will play yeah but hey you know as much as we love football that's really not the reason why we're here today no hey speaking of injured athletes <laughs> yeah yeah probably the I, I don't know we'll get into it a little bit more just like what he was going through but maybe the the king of coming back from an injury tiger woods yeah uh, oh, and playing through an injury too right right oh man 
Well, this is, uh, like I said, part two of uh, our Let's Talk Tiger podcast. So essentially, we're going to recap the finale um, or part two of uh, Tiger, which is the HBO sports documentary. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, um, probably more, I think, than last episode, just because, you know, in my opinion, they probably could have done three episodes because it feels like two was very densely packed with a lot of different things that happened. Um, so really, though, we I think we should start with the one thing that everyone's probably wondering after our episode last week. Mm-hmm. And we should probably talk about where we stand on our fist pumps. I and that's really probably the most important thing we covered in 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 part one of this right. two part uh, mini series uh, podcast. The the fist bump counter is probably the most important thing to get to. So in Tiger's life, oh yeah, Duh. gosh, yeah. if there was a fist pump counter for his entire life, could you imagine? We'd have to at least be up to what seventy five thousand, I would guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just ones that are on like recorded television or just like ever. <laughs> or ev- probably- ever. Yeah, I'm talking like, yeah, little child out there with the Winnebago in the background <laughs> just practicing. Like how many fist bumps did we get then? Yeah. Uh, no, so I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, we, I, we probably should have gone back and listened, but we didn't. Um, I believe I said 11 last week was my guess. You said, I think, six, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. It was a number divisible by nine. And my reasoning for six was because uh, a lot of a lot of negative things happen this go around. So probably not not a lot more fist pumping than uh, divisible, divisible by three. I think. you, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So you said, okay, so either six or nine or whatever is what you said. Mm -hmm. And you're right. You're right. Because like this was the episode of like the the scandal and not as much good golf. (laughs) I mean, really, this whole decade, right? One major, I think, is in the entire decade. So it was a good call on on your part. I was assuming we were going to get one giant montage to close things out. Like, look, this is Tiger. This is where he come from, and and almost every shot from the montage would have been him fist pumping or doing some sort. You were, I'll, I'll say, you were closer to being right than I was. So. We actually, I actually broke this down into a third category this week. So the total number of fist pumps we got in this episode was nine with four okay. big ones. And that was kind of how I broke it down last week where, mm-hmm. you know, you have your major fist pumps where you like, you almost have to like, like it's like you wind up for it. And then you've got the little fist pumps, which is just like the little tiger, like, oh yeah. Like just the, like he's holding a shake weight. Right. But this week, there was a new category added to the fist pump counter and it was the double fist pump. It was the either two hands raised in the air. It was the, sometimes he would, he would wind up and he would come undercut double undercut Mm -hmm. fist pump. And for those, we had seven, we had seven double fist pumps. And to me, I, I just think tiger is like, yeah, like everyone praises him for his golf, but, his celebrations are right up there. Like, I feel like he is, he could fist pump with anyone. Put him mm-hmm. in freaking Mike Tyson's punch out and, you know, he'll beat Glass Joe in one swing. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's the iconic like Tiger double fist pump picture. <laughs> I don't know what it's from, but like yeah. every time I think of Tiger Woods, it's the first thing I think about is just him like 
<laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And also, we got a couple of those, uh, I think, when he fell down in writhing pain. <laughs> yes, pain pumps. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, no, before we get into like the, like the juicy stuff, so I don't know if you caught any of this, Kenny, but like I feel like uh, a couple people were tweeting at me uh, during the week about how, uh, you know, like some big Tiger fans, um, which I, I believe you and I both consider ourselves to be um, big Tiger fans. But there are a lot of people criticizing this documentary because it, it was like like it's people who who don't like him or speaking out or like, quote unquote, friends or people that are just like searching for the spotlight and I do think, and that's something that we didn't necessarily hit on in the first podcast, mm-hmm. but it, I, I do think it needs to be said, but however, I, to rebut that a little bit, I will also say that a lot of these people that are speaking in this, like, yeah, there's some friends and there's probably some people that are scorned and, you know, want to kind of maybe get back revenge a little bit with Tiger. I, I do think there are those people in this documentary, but there are a lot of journalists and a lot of uh, like sports commentators who really don't have any skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- feel like that, I-, I think you just have to, when you watch a documentary like this, I think you just have to take it for what it's worth. You know, like if you see, if you see Dina Parr talking about Tiger, you also have to like, okay, well, she was his girlfriend from 20 plus years ago you know, like you have to take everything she says with a grain of salt. But if you've right. got a guy like Bryant Gumble on there or Armin Katayan, I think then it's like, okay, they're, they're going to speak the truth because why would they not? They don't have right. any, they don't have any ulterior motive. And so right. I feel like that needs to be said going into this, you know, w- when you watch the documentary or even, even afterwards, after you're like dwelling on it, just, you do have to take into consideration the source of who's speaking and for each one of these scenes. Right. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about people who it's their job to, you know, not be salacious, but get to the bottom of things um, and get to the truth. And and yeah, you're right. There are a lot of people in this documentary who um, if weren't there firsthand, you know, have, you know, secondhand knowledge through research and, you know, probably interviews and just being a journalist. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff like that they talk about, like we already knew it's not like, it's not like this documentary brought forth things that we hadn't heard before. Like right. it's all information that's out there and they're just giving, they're just f- filling in the detail. They're putting the the sand between the rocks, I guess. So right. um, yeah, it just, it, it's, it, it is something that you do need to consider and something to take forth. But you know, with that said, I, I thought overall it was a very good documentary. Right. Yeah. The, the only thing, you know, for me in that is what would Tiger say? Um, but even then, you know, it's kind of tough because whenever it's something, especially dealing with a lot of the stuff in this episode, that's pretty hard and probably sure. stuff he does not want to revisit. Um, you know, how honest are you going to be about that stuff? Um, you know, I, I would, my guess is that Tiger probably will not watch this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, if it were me, I wouldn't want to go back and relive that. So, you know, he's really the only person where, you know, the, the absolute truth lies. Right. Which, Um, and then, but then even then, even if they did get tiger, you'd get a calculated tiger. You'd mm -hmm. get a tiger that probably would spin the truth more in favor of his direction. You know, like it's, 
it doesn't matter who you get to recall the past. Everyone's, you know, when you think back on any of us, I mean, mm -hmm. like if you think back on memories, either you think back of them more fondly or, or worse than they actually were. And, uh, you know, so it, it, it really is. I mean, you could really say this about any documentary that comes out is, you know, people, you know, uh, they're going to spin this one way, spin this another way. It's like, well, yeah, that's because everyone has different perspectives right. on everything. But right. um, I, I will say, though, on a on a on a much lighter note, this episode held up its end of the bargain when it comes to the names. Yes, it did. This uh, and and by swinging by first of all throwing heavy punches right off the bat first of all you the, the episode starts with the voice of wright thompson who's one of my favorite writers um espn senior writer wright thompson he's got one of the best voices he shouldn't be a writer he should be a radio dj or something i thought it was um, grit at first yeah yeah right <laughs> right because he's got that little southern draw and it's yeah. like really deep yeah um, and uh yeah so so i first of all that was awesome wright thompson and wright thompson it's a great name Mm -hmm. uh, but then they come out with Armin Katayan. And yeah. I love, I, to me, I think Armin won the episode for me because I just thought he, he had some great one-liners. He comes in and he's, he gives that journalistic integrity uh, to the episode. You know, so he's not like, you know, it's not just like another friend or, uh, you know, confidant speaking, former caddy or anything like that. Right. But then you also get, uh, you also get Rocco Mediate, fantastic right good name uh michael bamberger golf <laughs> magazine uh, it's incredible uh, obviously we all know rachel you could tell uh you could tell you, you could tell, you could tell. <laughs> I, I could i could tell it was a good name uh and and then uh, and then the one uh, you pointed this one out um former vip host of tiger tiffany masters yeah here's the thing when i saw that name just thinking about what we had talked about last week, I saw that name and I laughed out loud. I was by myself and I just started laughing because I was like, right, I, I, they just hit the home run with this one. You know, I, I don't think I even paid attention to another name after that. Right. I was like, it's, well, oh, it's amazing. Last week we, we had uh, Dina Parr mm -hmm. and this week, like Tiffany Masters, like, I mean, who else, like who, like who else could they have brought out? You know, like Amber US Open. Like I just want, <laughs> I, I feel like, I almost feel like if you were to write a a comedy about golf or like a, a mockumentary about golf and you came up with a list of names, like these would be these would seem too fake. Yeah. Right. For that. <laughs> and, yep. And here they are. They're actual people. And and plus Tiffany Masters and Dina Parr, both blondes and both, you know, attractive females. Yeah. Just like <laughs> like tiger has a thing for blondes attractive blondes and attractive blondes with names that have to do with his profession right <laughs> even right. when he tries to get away from golf he, he still he's lured to golf yeah there definitely seems to be some sort of pattern there so <laughs> who knows maybe i don't know i i, I might have touched on it last week i don't know if he's single now or what's going what his status is but I'm excited to see um, who's next, you know, who's going to be the next girlfriend. Yeah, it's, uh... Amber Fairway. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, after I saw that name, I think I stopped paying attention because I was like, I, I'm just going to laugh the whole time if it's just yeah. going to be in names like this. But 
one of the things that starts out the episode or, or starts out this episode is it really starts going heavy into Tiger in the Vegas scene. Um, one of the things they talk about is the guys that he, you know, those two friends that he's usually around or Michael yeah. Jordan and Charles Barkley, which yeah, talk about a name drop. Yeah. Also that might be the, the biggest like trio of just like, you know, of an entourage ever. It's like MJ, right. Tiger, Charles Barkley. Yeah. Like part of me couldn't tell if they were hanging out in Vegas or starting an all-star cafe. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just at the grand opening of one. Like that's, I, I, that is incredible. And all, let's be honest though, Charles Barkley, definitely the third wheel in that bunch. Cause you got right. two of the greatest in their sport. And then Chuck Barkley, who's never won a championship in the NBA, right. you know, obviously got fat in his uh, non-playing days. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that's n- not a bad crew to hit Vegas with. In my no, opinion. no, th- I feel like there's a lot of money being thrown around in that crew and a lot of money also being lost in that crew in Vegas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. 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 And, and yeah. If, if you go to Vegas, if you go to Vegas, you're, if you're not a female, it sucks going to Vegas. <laughs> But I will say there's probably a caveat to that rule. If you're not a female going to Vegas and you're Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, or Tiger Woods, then you're it's pretty much like you get the Vegas experience, like experience right. as a female. Right. You get into the clubs for free. You get the bottle service for free. Right. All of that is just you know, yeah, just comes with the territory. Who do you think you would your celebrity crew would be in Vegas? Oh, good question. Because I know mine, I, you know, I feel like I would be, just feel so awkward in Vegas. Like <laughs> Vegas is probably not my, you know. Have you no. been? So you've I've never been. been. No, I've okay. never been to Vegas. Uh, I, I just feel like it would not be my scene at all. So I yeah. feel like I would want to be with like really awkward celebrities and just enjoy <laughs> it that way. Like the first name that pops into mind for me is Mike Berbiglia. I feel okay. like if me and Mike Berbiglia... <laughs> Or cru- cruising around Vegas, we would have a good time just because of how uncomfortable we both are. Yeah. So no, I could, I could, I could see you guys at the, uh, yeah. the Cosmopolitan, maybe uh, <laughs> the Venetian, maybe. Yeah. Um, just apologizing to everybody because we're in yeah. the way. <laughs> I could also see you there with like maybe like a Joseph Gordon Levitt or something. Yeah. I could see. He, he might be, he might up my status a little bit. He seems pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, you know. JGV is one of the coolest, in my opinion. I think right. he's he's got to be up there. My 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 crew would one hundred percent. It would be. I would go with Brendan Fraser. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. And I don't see. I mean, I really don't think I need to explain that at all. Uh, no. Just. I mean, you get a chance to go to Vegas with George of the Jungle. Yeah. My goodness. You're gonna tear the place down. For sure. Yeah, give me give me Steve Nebraska and me hitting the strip. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And obviously with Vegas, you know, this is kind of where things are starting to unravel for Tiger. You know, just these trips to Vegas, which is, you know, parts of other things. And, and really around this time is whenever he gets started, you know, basically the National Enquirer starts following him. And they kind of go through a, a pretty decent sized segment in the documentary talking about what the National Enquirer was doing. Uh, first of all, not surprised the headquarters of National Enquirer is in Florida. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Not like, shocked. I, when I saw that, I was like, 
initial shock hit me of like, oh, it's not in like New York or L.A. or something like that. And then I saw, oh, Coral Gables, well, Florida. Okay, yep, that makes sense. A oh, yeah. 100% like just sleazy publication in a, no offense to any Floridians listening, uh, a sleazy state. Uh, yeah. But And I don't mean that on a personal level. I mean that just from a general, uh, <laughs> just, uh, we all know about Florida, man. Like, right. we're not going to. You know, yeah, you, you got to go to where the weird is and, you know, Florida is where the weird's at. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's a great uh, the um, I loved uh, I, I loved the analogy. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, let me say this. Let me say this. I um, so obviously this is like when the tabloids started coming out um, or well, before he they started keeping tabs on them. Mm hmm. I'll go here. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place. Well, they they follow him to a church parking lot where he hooks up with the uh, Perkins waitress, which, forgive me, I don't have her name. Um, the, uh, no, I don't have her name. Uh, the, the, the Perkins waitress, which, first of all, why is Tiger Woods eating at a Perkins? Like, how do they two, those two even meet? Like, that's what I, honestly, that's like kind of information I want to know. Right. Is what led tiger to be like man i'm really hungry perkins sounds perkins. nice <laughs> i feel like if you're trying to keep a low profile i mean to be fair i haven't eaten at a perkins in probably 20 years yeah but i don't it, know I, i've done a ponderosa i don't even know if i've ever done a perkins i just feel like if you're at perkins that is you are going people are going to want to come up to you and talk to you like yeah that's you know it's not like a really like yeah it's very open. Like you go into yeah, the Perkins right. and the clientele at Perkins, no offense to anyone who loves Perkins, but <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a lot of people there that are going to want your autograph or take a picture with you, something right. like that. So right. I feel like, you know, but Hey, maybe yeah. you just really likes pie. It, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, that doesn't even speak to like the quality of, of food. I feel like if I'm Tiger Woods, I'm, you know, every, every meal is at Morton's or <laughs> Chris or something. Right. You know, I'm just, I don't know if I would ever go back to like a Shoney's or something. Right. Like I'm, I'm always going to, I don't know, but look to each his own. I mean, yeah. credit him. It Maybe he's just on a, he lives his life on a budget. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, they, so they follow him to a, uh, the national Enquirer follows them to a church parking lot where they did it, which yeah. look, I'm not one to judge, especially not of anyone who goes to a church parking lot, but if you're going to, do it maybe like find another parking lot you know yeah <laughs> I don't know. you're like it's um i mean I, granted of all the places if i would expect tiger woods to have sex a church parking lot is probably low on the list so maybe maybe it actually is smart now that i think about it but then right. correct me if i'm wrong dude because uh, i kind of i don't know i breezed over this part did the national Enquirer reporter pick up a used tampon yeah that was something like i you put in my notes like national Enquirer, man it's full of crazy people like well <laughs> you mean like uh, what's the like what are you gonna prove with that it's like hey look what i got we got yeah. you dead to rights pal it's like it's a it's a used tampon uh, are you gonna do a dna test on it does the national Enquirer have the ability to do that yeah right like that's not one that i'm like showing to my buddies like yeah Oh, hey, you know, like, uh, oh, Tiger Woods tossed me his visor this tournament. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I got I got his uh, his former mistress's used. 
talk about a Sunday red. Am I right? Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right. Uh, uh, so yeah. So Neil Bolton is, was the national Enquirer. I guess is the former editor. Right. And when he came on the screen for the first time, I could just tell, I, it, it took a while for his name to pop up and who he was, but you could just tell he was like, okay, this is sleaze. This, this is guy's a sleaze ball. ball. Like the, the, his... the bow tie, the, mm-hmm. the, the glasses. And I'm not one to judge off of anyone off of their, um, their appearance alone, but, the man i was just like this guy is not anyone you want to deal and he was like the way he was smirking through the whole thing mm-hmm. i don't know i just wasn't a fan of old neil bolton i couldn't really tell for sure but it looked like he had a pentagram tattoo on his finger <laughs> like he that, seems like the kind of guy that would have a pentagram tattoo like he's just right. like just doesn't like i don't know yeah and and this speaking of uh weird things on your body most of the mistresses that came out to me, did they not have like a piercing on their upper cheek? There was at least four or five that had this piercing. <laughs> Tiger has a, look, he has a taste and he sticks to that taste. Right. And most of those tastes come from Perkins. <laughs> right. But yeah, I, I, I thought that was weird too. I was like, oh, oh, she too also has a, a piercing on her upper cheek, which is not a place that you normally find piercings. Like, right. I don't even know how you would... Like how do you how do you go to the tattoo parlor or the piercing parlor and say, hey, could you get me one right here? I didn't, I didn't even yeah. know that was a, like how does it stay in? I don't yeah. know. There's so many questions. Uh, going back to you saying this could have been like a three or four part documentary. Yes, we could have gone much deeper into so many different things. In my right. Opinion. Do you think he asked them to do that? Because obviously the relationships that he had with these women. They made it seem like, you know, every woman was coming out because they thought they had a special relationship with Tiger. Yeah. And that they were in love with him. So it wasn't just like he was, you know, picking up random girls here and there. Like he had like relationships with the majority of these women. I wonder if like that was something he really liked. He's like, I really like you to just get this piercing right here. You know what I bet it was? You know what I bet it was? So, you know how golfers, you know, when you when you when you lay the ball up onto the green and you know you're you're closest to the pin so the guy you're golfing with you know has to putt first and you have to mark your ball Mm -hmm. he took one of those markers and he probably marked each of his girlfriends with it so he knew which ones were his and that way and then once he you know he moved on they're like well i'm not going to wear this marker in my face anymore so i got to find something else to fill that hole and they good point earrings it makes a lot of sense i think there's a lot there Man, this should have been Son- multiple episodes, more than two, for sure. For sure. Um, um, I've got a power ranking of tabloid headlines from this while yes. we're on the topic of the mistresses. Yes, because all I know about National Enquirer, I've never actually read it. I just remember, like, of course, there's always, like, the celebrity stuff on there. But I feel like National Enquirer was the one that, when I was a kid, you'd go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and there'd be, like, oh, yeah. oh, like, the president talks to aliens, which we now know is a fact. But... um like but like there's always that kind of stuff which always intrigued me but it's like this isn't real news right you're like okay i'm I'm gonna get some tic tacs uh some bubblicious and uh oh and a national inquire like it was always like right there at the at the grocery store aisle and you would always read the headlines um but like you yeah i never picked one up and actually thumbed through the pages but so this this episode obviously once everything got out into the open there were a lot of different um, 
uh, tabloid headlines. So I ranked them. All right. Yes. Yes. We'll start with number five. Okay. okay. And this one is just simply Tiger's sex texts, <laughs> which to me tells me this was before sexting was even a term. Like it was before. Sex yeah. It was a sex text, which if you're a headline writer, you should have been, this headline writer should have been the one to come up with the term sexting. Yep. Really like if you're a headline writer, like that's what you do. You think in puns, you think in ways to merge words together, but instead they went tiger sex text. That just takes up more space on the page anyway. Like I, right. so that one, that's why it's ranked fifth. Number four, lust in the woods. <laughs> you know, just, uh, uh, I, I, solid, solid. Yeah. Number three. Tigers back nine. Oh, <laughs> <That's> number two. <laughs> Tiger in the rough. Oh, it's all and then this one had that. That one's yeah, that song because it's yeah. like yeah, it's a rough situation to be in. Uh, but also in the rough and golf. Um, this one had a uh, sub sub headline it said mistress admits he wanted to spank me. So there you go. Even oh. more further meaning behind yes. Tiger in yeah. the rough. Yikes. And the number one, my number one tabloid from this episode, Tiger admits, I'm a cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> clever. Really clever national. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Um, the, the one guy, uh, I think it may have been Neil Bolton. He said the New York Post covered dedicated more covers to the tiger scandal than they did 9-11 that's nuts doesn't shock me though like if you ever read the new york post like and, and you know new york post i would put money on you know you know sounds like the the sex text was pre-texting being coined i'd put money on the new york post post coining that at some point for whatever reason they yeah put sexting I'm like, yeah front cover of <laughs> right your post because their headlines are usually pretty pretty witty and pretty uh pretty on point so yeah i, I wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that i would i would go along with the idea of them coining that phrase yeah I'm just kind of pissed i'm still pissed at that headline writer that didn't yeah he's probably like, beating himself up man he's somewhere just reliving that after watching right. this and just like what was i thinking yeah there's no way he's still in the headline game no. that's a that's a tough industry to crack into no I, so and you know he probably got got canned shortly after that headline came out right one of the things they talk about too with the national Enquirer was that in order to keep you know the keep them from you know releasing this story they came to a deal with tiger for him to appear on the cover of men's fitness which i guess is owned by the national Enquirer or vice versa yeah same parent company i think yeah yeah which I didn't know that. That seems like men's fitness is something that would be a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I, I don't run those companies, so I don't know like what exactly you want as far as like your publications go. They probably make a ton of money off the National Enquirer. Yeah. But it led me to think: Is everyone who shows up on the cover of Men's Fitness are they being blackmailed? <laughs> <laughs> like that's every great. single like is Kamal Nanjiani like? Oh, that's so good. That's they a got great something question. on him. Yeah, like what scandal is Kamel in the middle of right now, yeah. you know? Like did did, well, did something go down on the Silicon Valley set that we don't know about? Yeah. Um, no, that's a great question because yeah, you don't expect Tiger I mean I mean I guess like in hindsight it's like okay, Tiger's on the cover of Men's Fitness. Like you don't think anything of it at the time, 
But now looking back, you do realize, oh, Tiger's status was way bigger than the men's fitness cover. Yeah. Like the men's fitness cover is usually saved for, I mean, like they really, they don't even get that big of athlete names. It's usually just like no name dudes with like, yeah, you know, ripped abs and sh- stuff, you or know, like, like old I, pro wrestlers who are still in shape. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I take my shirt off and show you, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a podcast medium. So, right. um, the, uh, but yeah, no, that's great. I think, I think that's, we have to come to assume that now. Right. Just Every time yeah. you see someone on yeah. fitness, you're like, well, there, there's only a scandal like waiting to be unearthed right yeah. now. That's every time I see it at the grocery store. Now I'm going to think, Oh, wonder what he did. Right. Yeah. Wait, was Obama on the cover of men's fitness? This is a conspiracy. Oh my gosh. Are we unearthing the biggest I'm Googling this right now. You, you can, you can go on. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of skinny. But um, oh no oh wait oh no okay good we're safe <laughs> all right men's health men's health men's health men's I feel like men's health is like the the classy men's fitness <laughs> yeah, right 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 okay. men's health is lifetime fitness whereas men's fitness is the YMCA yeah <laughs> so I mean the real big other thing to to kind of come out of you know the scandal is you know we're introduced to Rachel Yucatel. Um, which I wanted to make. Yeah, you could tell. And I wanted to make that joke and make it seem original, but then they show a clip of freaking joy Behar on the view. Right. Making the same damn joke. Damn it. Joy. And real quick side note, but this is like a very, like my COVID way of thinking, seeing those uh, view ladies hunched around one single table is the weirdest thing in my opinion, because like, like it's almost like, nowadays like everyone's at these like massive giant tables to spread out yep. for for covid and seeing them behind like one like like a table that's probably smaller than the table i have my in my dining room right now <laughs> like that was just weird like six women should never be in a confined space that that close right. Right. six anyone men or women and right. that would that was just a weird thing i had to i had to point out my brain does think the same way and like in a lot of things, it's not just that, but like things that we used to do all the time, which is like, right. that doesn't seem like it would be okay. You're too I can't, Yeah. I can't watch movies where out they like someone like walking through a crowd and I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. You bring some hand sanitizer. Right. And Rachel, you can tell, I guess is the probably, I don't know. It's hard because it seems like with every, you know, person who gets, you know, a few minutes to talk in this documentary, whether it's like they're interviewing them or it was like found footage of like another interview back when it happened, it seemed like there's a lot of women that had these, like I said, pretty personal relationships with Tiger. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It felt like, um, it, it felt to me a lot like the bachelor (laughs) obviously. Okay. So we got the bachelor going on right now. Matt James, first black bachelor of all time. Mm-hmm. Tiger to me was like the first Cablin Asian bachelor of all time. The only difference with his season was none of the 25 women knew that he was dating 25 other women at the same right. time. Like right. They didn't know about each other. So if you right. took the bachelor and just did one date at a time, it'd be a lot longer of a series. But um, that to me, that's what it felt like in my opinion. Right. It, it, and it, yeah, typically, if you're in that situation, I think we've learned from The Bachelor, it's best to disclose that you're in that situation. <laughs> to hide it obviously ends up bad. And, right. Yeah. And it what yeah, and that was interesting to me too. And now granted, again, like we don't know, like maybe they 
they were looking for fame and they wanted to make it feel like they had a unique connection. And right. It, it, it very well easily could have been Tiger just slept with them and that yeah. was it and like moved on. Uh, but there was, it was weird that almost every single girl was giving a very similar story. Right. Cuddle. He would talk to me. We would, at, we would ask each other questions and talk about life and, um, and that's really what it felt like. And, and Rachel talked about this a lot too, was mm-hmm. how he just wanted to talk. He wanted to open up. And apparently from the way she made it sound like from her opinion, she felt like maybe he wasn't getting that at home with Elon. Like right. he, there wasn't that, uh, you know, that openness and, and willingness to talk or, or maybe Elon wanting to know, a, you know, about, tiger or being interested like when he would talk um Mm -hmm. and so that's that that, it sounded like a lot of like what rachel and tiger's relationship was um but uh and yeah and like even to hear her talk about tiger at parties and stuff Mm -hmm. him standing off alone kind of by himself and yeah he just seems like he he seemed like that same kid from high school where he was kind of a loner kind of standoffish but just given this immense amount of fame to where he could just say, like, as Michael Jordan said, or well, Armin Contain said that Michael Jordan said, I'm Tiger Woods. Yeah. You know, he could just say that and just get any single woman he wanted. But. Right. Right. I, I think too, um, you know, everything that kind of leads into that ultimately leads up to the, the car crash, um, which happened in like Thanksgiving of 2009, which is one of those, you know, everyone kind of has their memory of like where they were when that news broke. Yeah. I remember it just being so confusing. Like obviously he's been in a car accident. It's national news. Is he like dying? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was driving from Nashville to Columbia because this was, I I believe this was black Friday when this all broke. Yeah. So the day after Thanksgiving and people, and I remember, so this was back when I would get ESPN text notifications. Like they would text me news updates and, you know, like 140 characters or less or whatever, yeah. like however big a text message was back in the day. This was before even push notifications or anything like that. So I get a text while I'm driving uh, and I may or may not have checked it while I was driving. Um, <laughs> and, and I did said, I, and I'm almost positive it said this and it, that Tiger Woods was killed in a car crash. And if yeah. it didn't say he was killed, it was it said that he was on like life support and it like it wasn't right. like, the wording of it made me think like there was a probably a 30 minute span, 30 minutes to an hour span to where I thought Tiger Woods had passed away. Yeah. Like and it was it was creepy and I'll never forget like the oh my gosh, the greatest ad, because this is before we knew about any of the scandals or anything even though the national Enquirer had posted the one story mm-hmm. no one it didn't bring any weight it didn't have right. any merit to it and so we just assumed like oh my gosh like the, the greatest golfer on earth the greatest athlete on the planet right now is dead yeah shocking yeah it, it was pretty yeah it's pretty nuts and, and yeah it, just the days after that not really sure what's going on but slowly you start getting these like reports of like oh like this is kind of bigger than just like a car accident. It's, yeah. you know, a lot more than that. And I think really for me, what I took from this documentary uh, is that we need more Taiwanese news animations 
to really get to the bottom of things. We do. It, it's so true. And like, Kenny, I remember being in third grade and going and seeing Toy Story for the very first time. And I, just thinking, I, I, I remember just leaving the theater because that was the first digitally animated cartoon. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like the world is our oyster here. Like we, right. there's so much can happen with this technology. We could do so many great and magical things. And sure enough, like a decade and a half later, just is used for Taiwanese animation videos. <laughs> like it's just like that's how are we going to explain Taiwanese animation videos to our children? I, like I, that, like, oh, there was a time where these Taiwanese people would just make these digital animations and they looked very, I mean, to their credit, they looked like they looked like Tiger Woods driving that car. <laughs> it looked like Elon chasing him with a, with a nine iron. Like it looked good, but it was also like, is this, are we using this for the best? purposes but right. they were insanely popular and it's almost like explaining tamagotchis to kids nowadays like yeah there was a phase where we were all into this right well if you notice in the taiwanese news animation from the documentary he's driving a minivan which <laughs> i felt like you know right if you can get his face to look as close as it did to actual tiger's face you could get his minivan to look like a cadillac which right is is it not weird that he wasn't driving a buick that is strange. In the entire documentary, I didn't see him drive a Buick once. Huh. But I saw him. Like, it, it, it was almost like he only drove Cadillacs. Yeah. I Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I didn't really think about it. Just I'm just saying, guys, like, it's something to think about. But yeah. Um, but yeah, did, did you know that uh, a, a Mizzou, uh, a friend of mine at Mizzou actually went to work for the Taiwanese animation company? Oh, really? Yeah, Marina Schifrin. She um she was she went off and she worked for the company that and she, apparently it was like one of the most demanding jobs she's ever had entire wow. life. And yeah, and it, it was so she lived uh overseas in Taiwan, I guess, and had a I don't know what she did for them, but that that's like it's like, oh cool. Right. I wonder if they're still in business. That's like yeah. is that a sustainable career choice? I haven't seen one in a while. It's been a pretty long time since the only other one I can remember seeing was actually around the same time. And it was the, um, the Conan J Leno debacle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I right. remember and seeing one of those for the, I remember yeah. Brett Favre got a few, um, yeah. especially during his little, uh, take a picture of his junk while wearing yeah. Crocs escapade. So that he got a few Taiwanese videos. It was really just like that time span. Like anything, if you're ever wondering like what big happened in pop culture from 2008 to 2011 just go back and look up taiwanese animation videos yeah. really yeah you'll get everything you need chronicled everything yeah. yeah it's probably a good thing they don't have them any or they're not still making them at right. least from what i know yeah because <laughs> right i um yeah and then of course with all that you know obviously it comes out that all this stuff has happened and then we get the most famous one of the most famous press conferences of all time which is the apology press conference which i remember watching live um and being just really uncomfortable mm -hmm. like it did not i don't want to say it didn't seem genuine it felt robotic yep is what it felt mm -hmm. it felt very and there was a and tiger used to get clowned for this and really to Tiger's credit, post all of this, and once he started to show emotion on the golf course again is when he started to kind of get out of it. 
But there was a point where, and I talked earlier about him being very calculated. He was that way. When you're the biggest, I mean, when you're as big as he was, like I, I imagine you kind of have to be, but he was very, even in his apology, he was like, I'm very sorry for the things that I have done <laughs> and I have caused. And yeah. I mean, it was like he was a, uh, a robot of sorts, a very Mark Zuckerbergian, if that's right. a, if I can turn his name into an adjective. Uh, and I, I didn't, I didn't like that. I didn't like mm -hmm. that aspect of the whole thing. I didn't like it just because it was awkward. Yes. But it also just the way he handled it. And someone made a good point on the documentary of he should have just read a statement. Yeah. He should have, he shouldn't have done this whole apology thing. Cause Elon wasn't there. His kids weren't there. Mm -hmm. He was, he was in front of a, a ginormous blue drape, which I don't even know where you would get something like that. Right. <laughs> and then he, and then he, when he walked away, he walked into the drape and like down a corridor. Yeah. Drapes. Like I, it was like a theater production. It, it yeah. really was like, it was, it was like, I, I, in fact, right when I saw that blue curtain, I was like, Oh, I know exactly what this is. Like, it was almost like it took me back to that moment. Like that. Yeah. Could, could we not have found a better backdrop for right. one of the biggest press conferences of all time? I don't know. Right. Yeah. It, it was very, um, yeah. Like I forget who said that he should have just released a statement. It, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it seems like he's put together this image of himself for so long that yeah. he's still like almost a slave to that image. Like he has to, you know, make, you know, basically make amends um, as the image, as opposed to being like, I'm a human being and I need to like get my shit together, essentially, yeah, you right. know? And, and so it, it, you know, that's why I guess when I say it doesn't feel very genuine, I, I don't even think Tiger Woods maybe thought it was genuine. I think it's one of those things like I have to do this. Like I have right. to say these exact words and do it this way. So, you know, in retrospect and, you know, there's a lot of other things that happen in, in this half of the documentary um, that are clearly against the, the image that he's created um, this. And then of course the, the DUI uh, that happened yeah. in 2017. Yeah. So, you know, with that, it's, you know, I feel like through this and we'll kind of talk about the DUI, but through this, it was him still trying to keep that image through a lot of just really tough stuff. Um, and it, it, you know, ultimately I wouldn't say by any means like blew up in his face. He kind of started to get back to it some more. He just had some success. Like if, yeah, I, I'd forgotten how good he was in 2013. Right. Me too. I, I, I just assumed, and I guess this is just my memory, uh, remembering things. I, I thought that from the car crash on, he was just bad up until the 29 master, right. not bad, but you know, just not tiger right. level. Yeah, but and, there was that point in 2013 where he started winning a little bit, not no majors, but tournaments, and really started to put it together. Right, and really, what it came down to in 2013 is just he physically was couldn't do it, and, yeah. and that's like one of the other things, like the big things I took away from this episode was like how much, like you know, how many injuries, how much pain he was in. You know, the first time they talk about it is 2008, um, and at the U.S. Open, and he has a broken leg. I didn't, I remember that. I don't yeah. remember him having a broken leg. Like, no. I've broken my leg in that general area. And like, I still am not the same. Like I can't do certain things. Like I can't, right. you know, run marathons anymore. I used to do that all the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it, yeah. And not only is he like, is he playing, not only did he break it and like kind of on probably almost even injure it worse. Cause he had that cart path swing where his foot slipped. Yeah. Like he made it even worse 
And then he he drops to me one of the best lines of the entire documentary was "F you, Steve. I'm winning this. I'm winning, winning this tournament." And he did. <laughs> like that's yeah, the, right. Yeah. And then he goes on and like just on Tiger on really no legs is better than every other golfer on both legs. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. And then they talk to Rock Immediate, who's you know essentially. You know, he says that weird story. I was like, what is this guy talking about? Where he like made a call to the devil and he's going to make a deal. And he said, sorry, dude, I already got Tiger. I was watching that thing. And when he started, I was like, did he say the devil? And I was like, oh, no, no. Okay. I must have just misheard him. And he keeps going on because he's telling this elaborate story. He's like, right. yeah, I called the devil. And, um, and, you know, he, I said, uh, yeah, I've, I've got to play Tiger Woods tomorrow. He's like, oh, yeah, Tiger, I know. And I'm like, okay, okay. So clearly he didn't say devil. He's right. talking about someone. And then I was like, maybe he did say devil and he's just referring to like someone. Maybe that's the nickname of someone on Twitter. Like maybe yeah. he's calling Phil Mickelson or that's something. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, right. And then he, and then it, and then the story just ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and and it's I'm over. Like, they don't talk about it anymore. It's like, I'm like, oh, he legitimately had, like told a joke. And look, like if anyone understands like jokes that fall fat on their fl- flat on their face, it's me. And me. Get so like it. I can, I can understand. <laughs> like maybe he was just going for the joke and it just, I don't know. It was just, it was the setup to it was weird. And yeah, I, I thought Rocco great character for the entire documentary, yeah. but a little, little bit on the, uh, on the weird side. Yeah. A little weirdo. <laughs> um, Calling the devil. Does he do that often? Do you think he's like, I don't know. Like I, when he's at home with his wife, you know, maybe just like, he's like, Oh, hey, hang on, honey. I got to take this. Hello, devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's right here. You need her. <laughs> you know? gotta, yeah. Gotta make some deals. It's funny because I, you know, I, I knew, I know who he is. I know who he was before this. This is like the first time I've ever like heard him like talk. Yeah. Um. So just not a great first impression for me, but what can you do? You know, I'm sure he's a good guy. Great name though. He yeah. he deserves uh, to be in the, uh, the, on the list of. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He was right. Documentary. He fit right into this documentary just yeah. based on name alone. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, as far as like injuries go, obviously, you know, they don't talk about too much, which I was hoping they would, but they talk about going in the Navy SEAL training, you know, obviously doing that stuff is not going to be good for, you know, golf injuries. I feel like that's a bit more intense and it's probably not going to help. And I was thinking that I was thinking, do the Navy SEALs, are they to blame for Tiger, Tiger not, if like if he doesn't ever pass uh jack nicholas like is that the reason why because if he went into this navy and they kicked his ass yeah because I, it seems like most of those injuries stemmed from his time with the seals yeah i feel like um you can't blame the navy seals for him willingly going <laughs> and doing that I, i'm just look i'm just trying to place blame on the navy seals anyway i can yeah watch that they're gonna like storm through my window and just <laughs> yeah and kick my ass. <laughs> uh, the the uh, was that an actual scope inside Tiger Woods's knee that we got? You know, I don't know because <laughs> if so, all it did was we got a me, real inside look at Tiger Woods. Yeah, all it did was remind me I should probably do that at some point. <laughs> like I was like sitting there watching it, and I like I said, I broke my leg a few years back, and I still have like stiffness. And it's like you know, I wonder if there's like. A bro- like a, a torn ligament or something like in there that I don't know about. Maybe I should do that and set up an right. appointment. You're like, God oh, damn it. Like, <laughs> damn it. This is, I did not think I, watching a documentary about Tiger Woods would make me add things to my to-do list. Right. But I right. really need to get around to well, scoping my knee out. Well, they said like his ACL was gone. 
or yeah. yeah. And so that he didn't have one. Yeah. Right. That's what they said. They were and, like, yeah, he didn't even have an ACL. And like, that freaked me out because like, I don't play golf. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's not. I should probably go to a doctor, but <laughs> yeah, I think with all of that. And then it seems like, especially after the, the press conference, it seems to be, even though there's like some winning in there, but a lot of it is injuries. A lot of it is him. I, I feel like, and I got this five. I don't know about you. It seemed like after all of that went down in the early 2010s, he kind of just shut off like all these relationships in his life. Like obviously you fire Steve Williams, mm-hmm. um, stops talking. There's a few friends on there that said they haven't talked to him since then. Uh, yeah. And it feels like instead, like I feel like where the documentary kind of goes from there is um, he shuts off to like basically save his public image. Like he cuts out all these relationships and just focuses on that. And eventually that's just going to lead to more issues as opposed to like actually, you know, addressing and dealing and, you know, right. Dealing almost almost like, almost like anyone who knew his previous life, he was trying to get rid of in a sense. But yeah, like, as you said, like that could have maybe even done more harm than not. Like it, it it was where I, and the whole like Steve Williams and and look, I don't think Steve Williams is a saint. Like, Mm. Yeah, obviously he's had his history of um, run-ins with people before, but right. I don't think, I don't know. I, I, that whole thing felt weird, especially the fact that, you know, Tiger did say, oh yeah, you can go, you can go caddy. And then like two days before tournaments, like actually psych. Yeah. You just got, got, yeah. now we're, <laughs> we're no longer friends. Right. Yeah. It, it seems like there's just a, probably a five, six year period of that. And yeah it's that's kind of the period that I remember. Like you think, I don't think about like him winning in 2013. I think about like, Oh, Tiger's no longer tiger. And instead he deals with a negative public image. Um, So to get to that point in the documentary, because there's a few things that go into it too. Like they talk about the masters and there's that weird Billy Payne press conference. Dude, that was, that was messed up. Like, like, like what, what he said, the context of what he said, I, I, I do think like there's a little bit of, of truth to it of like, look, like we need to, like he let us all down because yeah. there was that, there was that feeling of, yeah, he completely let us down. But like to one, to do that at a press conference, mm-hmm. to do it on a press conference the day before the masters, to do it at the masters, which is just has a freaking, uh, uh, a Samsonite sized suitcase worth of baggage from its racial history. Right. It, it, it felt tacky and it felt gross uh, yeah. overall. And I thought someone who was it, I think it was Bryant Gumble yeah. made a great point of you wouldn't, he, he wouldn't have said this about Faldo. He wouldn't have said this right. about couples. Um, um, and that's, it's so true. Like it's, it felt like it, it was like just chastising Tiger because, oh, well, you let us down and let it like, yeah, we're going to have a great weekend this weekend, but let us know. Like, we're still like very angry with you. And it was just like, was that really necessary? Right. I, I don't know. It, it was like painted like it, it seemed like he kind of tried to frame it as, you know, we want what's best for you. Yeah. But at the same time, it really seemed like a possessive you know, statement like, yeah, you know, Tiger is ours. And, right. you know, this makes us look bad 
as opposed to like, you know, Tiger is a human being who has made mistakes and, you know, he needs to work through those things and we support. I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you're disappointed, but at the same time, that press conference didn't, you know, did not have the vibe of like, Hey, you know, we're here for you. It was more like, Hey, you know, um, we hope we can go back to normal. Like that's what it felt like. It's like, we hope that, you know, we can just go back to normal and not have this. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think that was, great like i just extremely extremely uncomfortable um the other thing too real quick is is like after all of that and that time frame of when it's happening um they do a lot of shots of like paparazzi talking to rachel you tell talking to elon they're assholes like i you know i i'm not like a big you know cancel culture is kind of like an iffy thing you know i i feel uncomfortable with it because you know i don't like the idea of just like you know somebody not being able to right or wrong Um, but I'm okay with paparazzi photographers being canceled. Like some of the things (laughs) they were saying, like, well, and it's, they're just so invasive, like, or I mean, intrusive, like it's, they're they're like always, I mean, how many times do we, I mean, really, I mean, like princess Diana's death was Mm -hmm. caused by paparazzi. Like they're just always trying to hunt money for the worst possible reasons. And it's just to get pictures and scoops on people. And like, yeah, it's like, do you really expect someone said, uh, Oh, what was one of the questions? Someone asked, uh, I think it was, I think it was, no, no, no. It was asked tiger. They asked tiger going into his trial after his DUI arrest. Mm -hmm. And they said, are you, are you, are you, uh, happy to be going to trial tiger? (laughs) Yeah. Stoked. What? (laughs) Like, what kind of question was that, Barbara Walters? Like, <laughs> you really think he's going to, one, answer that? And two, like, if he does, like, would he give you any answer other than, no, I'm not happy to be going to trial? Right. Yeah, no, that's just just dumb questions. And a lot of them are just invasive, personal, like, hurtful questions. It's like, you know what? We don't need paparazzi. Yeah, it. I, I'm not a fan. Um, last thing before we kind of wrap up, uh, got some comedian shout outs in this okay oh yeah we did last week we got some uh wanda sykes obviously she was the only one that made it into episode one this week obviously with the fall of tiger woods which someone had made a great uh tiger's family friend um uh oh gosh oh pete mcdaniel made a great analogy about the crabs Mm -hmm. Uh, crabs in a barrel always when one crab starts to get to the top the other crabs will pull them by the leg and pull them back down into the barrel. Yeah. I thought that was a phenomenal. And I, that was the first time I'd ever heard that. And I thought that was yeah. a phenomenal analogy to what really just famous, honestly, once someone gets to the top, everyone wants to pull them right back down into the mud. Um, but that, so this is when Tiger Woods has been pulled back down and we got, uh, first of all, got Jay Leno. Yeah. Was just, just the pinnacle of comedy in this documentary. Yeah. 2009, the, the peak, really the, the rise and the fall of Tiger Woods was almost synonymous with the rise and the fall of Jay Leno. Yeah. Uh, then we got a DL Hughley cameo. Right. Okay, we're doing better, doing better there. Yeah. Rise. And then we cap it with one I did not expect, Bill Burr. Bill Burr, yeah. And I was just like, okay, solid they they upped their uh comedian level game i guess right the thing with bill like it was unfortunate because it was just like a real short clip of bill burr and he's kind of a you know 
I love Bill Burr, but he is definitely somebody who's, um, you, you know, want to talk about cancel culture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they just show this one like tried to go after multiple times. Right. They show this one clip and it's just him saying some pretty awful stuff and it's like done. All right. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. No. Right. I was like, oh, man, give us at least allow us like what the setup to that joke right. was and like, right. give us a little bit more context if you right. can, but right. If there's anyone like, they could they could crap on in this documentary, it was definitely Bill Burr. So. Yeah, it was it was definitely like out of context, and so it sounds like you know just a angry old middle or middle aged white guy talking about gold diggers, and it's like right. ooh, not great. Yeah, um, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I think um, one of the other the weird things too. Speaking of comedians, just a weird thing I noticed is that it was the composer of this documentary, did he just listen to the social network soundtrack and just rearrange a few notes here and there? <laughs> Cause it literally sounded just like the social network. That's a good, good point. You think, uh, was it, uh, is it what Lars Ulrich from, um, no, it was, uh, it's uh, Trent Reznor in Trent uh, Reznor. Yeah. That's right. From nine inch. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It probably did the score. He's, he's done the, the score for a number of things. Yeah. Girl with the dragon tattoo, I think also. Right. Right. Um, but uh, no, that's a great that's a great point, and it was it was a solid score in my. Oh opinion. yeah, it was good. But yeah. yeah, but if you're gonna mimic the Social Network score, which is one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest scores in cinema history. Yeah, it, you're yeah you're, <laughs> of course it's gonna sound. Good. It's gonna sound good. Yeah, like the store brand. Um, before our closing question, sorry, I, I said one last thing, but I I do have to say, I feel. I, I you you talked earlier at the beginning of this podcast about how this um this one felt a little bit more down than the previous episode. Mm-hmm. I felt the worst like when all was said and done and the credits started rolling even when even though we did not get our montage that I was really hoping for. Yeah. I felt really bad for Elon. And really yeah. I felt bad for Elon throughout the entire thing because at the end, you started to see the redemption story of Tiger, which don't yeah. wrong, is great. And it's it's good to see him to go from the depths of hell back to, if not where he was, very close to it. And it was nice. He triumphed, got the redemption. He, you saw him smiling again, living his life at least as normal as he possibly could. Everyone was rooting for him. Everyone was definitely cheering for you had the hordes of people following him again um i i went to the u.s uh, or the pga championship here in st louis the the whole everyone there wanted to see tiger yeah every that's just he he made it back mm-hmm. elon not only never got there she never will right and it's and to no fault of her own like she literally did nothing wrong and right. yet she has to live this hell and there's not going to be people chanting Elon's name. Yeah. She's not going to ever get to relive, even get close to reliving the life that she once had with Tiger before all of this came out. Like she'll never get that opportunity. And I, and I just hated that. And right. it, it, it felt, I felt a little bit dirty of like, not, not praising Tiger because I, I am happy. Like I, I do root for people to get back off you know, have those success stories, yeah. you know, going back to the cancel culture thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like we canceled him and he's made it back. Like he's, he's, he's better. He's a better person for having gone through all this. Right. But Elon is just like, meanwhile, just sitting in the shadows and like, just probably just tearing a hole. And that story that she shared with her, like where her, or that the story that was shared where her kid was like, mommy, why are you crying? And she's like, mommy's got a boo-boo. 
Mm-hmm. Like, can I kiss it? Where, like, where is it? Can I kiss it to make it feel better? And she goes, it's in my heart. I was just like, yeah. gosh, my goodness, man. Like, yeah. It's devastating. I, you know, I, it's, it's such a tragedy. Right. And I agree with you hundred percent. That was actually one of the thoughts that popped into my head. So like the very end of the documentary is him winning the 2019 masters and it cuts like, as he's like walking through a crowd and like celebrating. Yeah. And that was the thought that popped into my head. It's like, it's so cool. Like, don't get me wrong. It is so cool to, especially, I, I think after that DWI happened, you know, opposite, you know, what was different after the DWI as opposed to the, the scandal um, early in like 2010s was that it seemed like he figured out, oh, like I have to like focus on things for myself. I have to focus on like getting better and like, you know, focusing on things and not really necessarily trying to protect my image. At least this is the vibe I got. And I think from that mentality, he got to a point where he, you know, obviously they show him like playing with other golfers and like enjoying it and having yeah. fun. And that's fun to watch. Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's like in the back of my head, it's like, okay, well, there's still these unanswered, you know, like, you know, especially for Elon, it's this thing that, you know, you know, what does, what ultimately does she get? Like, what ultimately does she get out of that? And it's, right. it's hard. Like, it's hard to like, think about somebody who didn't do anything wrong necessarily uh, had to suffer and in all likelihood is probably still suffering in some ways. Um, Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's tough to reconcile wanting to feel really excited for somebody who's come back from really dark moments to um, you know, to someone who, you know, hurt people. Yeah. Um, And, and, and she does not, not almost even more so, and tiger like she's because you do have your tiger stands that will always have like in that even when he was going through the rough of times like we're still backing tiger mm-hmm. and you know she would get called the the gold digger and she would get called you know names and it, paparazzi is just probably constantly still probably yeah. following her around wherever she goes and yeah it's just it's just and she really she didn't do anything the only right. the, the worst thing you could say she did was marrying tiger which is awful to say because they have yeah you know kids from that marriage and it's just i i I, it was it was hard for me to feel fully great for tiger and the redemption story knowing that she will never have that and yeah to no fault of her own really yeah and i i guess the other thing is too i don't really know what that relationship is like now i don't know what the relationship is with tiger and elon um you know, it could be something that, you know, maybe there is to some degree, some sort of mended fence there. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're you, right. Yeah. You think, you think it's like a Brad and Jen thing? You think we could maybe see them holding wrists at some point at a, maybe. an award show? Or they'll just be on a Zoom call together, palling around. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Hey. Hey, Pip. <laughs> hey, Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I watch that at least three times a day just to get my moans going. Yeah. Uh, um is there anything that you wish was in the documentary that wasn't um man i don't know i i think i really you know i i yeah the 2019 masters was a, a triumph for tiger uh i really wish they would have gotten to the real triumph which was uh the match from earlier this year <laughs> with him phil right tom brady and uh peyton manning honestly not enough shots of tiger playing golf in shorts in my right. opinion <laughs> that's right. what we needed more of just right. little chicken legs of his yeah that was that was one of those things where it was like uh, we need this so badly so we're out we're gonna go do it in the rain even though yeah. like this is gonna be terrible golf 
the best thing to come out of that match was Brady's like what that it wasn't yeah it was like the on a part I don't I don't know oh yeah 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 like where he drove uh, he he made it from uh, yeah he was like his like seven iron or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he's like did that go in yeah <laughs> so yeah that was uh yeah that was the real triumph is getting to watch that in the I was like again i was i was a little bummed that after the dui arrest um you know and like the return they went straight to the 2019 masters i was really hoping they were going to show the 2018 pga championship again just yeah. because because he almost won that pga championship right, right. here in st louis and i was i was i was like oh man are they going to show it they got to show it right they're going to show right. Bill Reeve, do one of those flyovers of you know with the and just 100th PGA championship, Bell right. Reeves, you know, or Bell Reeve country club, St. Louis, Missouri, like that. I, that I think would have been cool. Um, but no. And then also more Wright Thompson. Right. Can never get enough. More, in fact, I would like more Wright Thompson and Armin Katayan. Just give me two, those two guys talking about literally anything. Right. Right. Well, cool, man. Uh, this has been fun. Oh, it, wait, sorry. Sorry. One oh, last yes. thing. Yes. One last thing. That I this is the biggest thing that I wish they they covered. The 2010 Ryder Cup. You're probably like, what? The, who the hell cares about the? I do not Ryder recall. Cup? Yeah. The 2010 Ryder Cup with Tiger probably gave us my favorite meme, maybe of all time, and that was Cigar Guy. <laughs> yeah. do you remember cigar guy from the 2010 Ryder cup yeah it was the crowd of shots tiger is and one of the coolest sports photos of all time yeah. really tiger's chipping like in the rough and the gallery's just surrounding him and he chips and the ball goes like almost like like it, it goes right in frame so you've got the ball in in frame tiger in frame and this crowd of people but the one man that stood out in that entire photo, it wasn't Tiger Woods. It wasn't like it was a guy in the crowd with a, with, I, I believe like a turban or, or something, some sort of headwear. Right. And a massive mustache, dark mustache, and a just the fattest stogie you've ever seen in your big boy. <laughs> like a caricature, like the guy looked like a caricature, but in real life. Yeah. And if that happened today, that would be the only meme you would see on the internet for three months. Right. Really, we were kind of robbed at the timing of that happening in 2010 rather than now. But I kind of wish they would have at least, if it was a longer series, I think you would dedicate an entire episode to Cigar Guy and yeah. the mystery behind that man. Yeah. I feel like if Brady's going to get a, like, what, 10-part documentary, apparently? Yeah. Right. Tiger and this is after there. Tom versus time too. Like yeah. we don't need more Brady. Yeah. Brady gives us enough Brady on his own social media channels. Like right. give me a cigar guy doc. Right. I only want to watch Tom Brady kissing his son on the lips. Like so many times. <laughs> right? Open mouth kissing too. Ew. Ew. Oh man. Well, Hey, Austin, Kenny. I appreciate you joining me on this endeavor. This was fun. It's too bad it was only two episodes. I know. We need to pick a longer documentary next yeah. time. Yeah. Well, hey, we should do like the uh, just Rocky. We should just go break down the Rocky yeah. series. Well, I feel like we we missed a, a huge opportunity last year with the last dance. Might be That's... a little too late to to go back and do that now. <laughs> right. But uh, man, we'll do was... a last dance of the last dance. Uh, right. Twenty years later. Right. We'll do it. 
10 part doc on that doc. Right. Yeah. That'd be fun. But yeah, appreciate you joining me uh, again. This has been let's talk tiger. We're done series finale over. Um, yeah. You can uh, follow me. Um, actually just follow the Cineboys at the Cineboys at Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me too at Ken job tweets. Do it. It's, it's fine. I've, I spend <laughs> way more time on Cineboys Twitter anyways. I just, I don't have time for my own personal Twitter. Um, so yeah, be sure to follow us. Of course, follow Cork Bats, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Cork Bats, go to corkbats.com. Follow on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah. hit that, hit the like button down there or cork corked with a K that too. way. Yeah. yeah. Um, be sure to follow uh, the, the Cork Bats YouTube page. Um, anything else you want to say? No, I thank you Any for, for having me on again, man. This has been a blast. Um, I'm glad we finally found something to where we can, you know, kind of cross our platforms, cross our streams, if you will. Movie yeah. reference. Shout yes. out Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, everyone who listened. Um, appreciate all of you. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to the Cineboys. I know this week, I haven't listened to it yet, but I know you guys talk about Army Hammer's cannibalism. It gets I weird. It gets yes, wait. yes, it gets I, weird. I honestly cannot wait. Like that yeah. is a tailor-made story for the Cineboys to break down. Well, that was it's funny because uh, this past episode wasn't going to be. You know, sometimes we just break away and we don't do anything headline related. We just kind of do something fun, and we were going to do that. And it's like, you know what? We got. We have to talk about this. We that can't wait smart, two weeks. Smart decision. So that is it is that is a weird weird story we should get a documentary when that documentary drops we'll break that down on a a podcast together so no but thank you so much for having me man this has been awesome and i i love what you guys are doing with the cineboys i'm glad we're 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 all part of the the same family and i'm excited to uh to see where everything goes man me too man appreciate you take her easy take her easy